When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiancé Rahapa podcast, where we are here, of course, to talk about 90 Day Fiancé Happily Ever After Season 7 episode 11 i am of course your host and conductor of the hot mess express please and keely ready to break down very hesitantly ready to break down everything that went on in this episode with the couples we have at hand uh this is a psa to tlc real quick a lot of letters mentioned there uh just end this season just give me another season i'll take anything at this point literally anything what is left for me to talk about in this season you'll find our really quick audience not much but alas, we're here, we're going to do it, and we're going to try and have a fun time doing it. But also, how can we not have a fun time doing it when we have the lovely Liana Boris here with us, who is not only back once again after a second week, uh, back to back, but also she is my co-host of the Mass Singer wrap up. And uh, we're doing a double feature. We're going to record the Mass Singer podcast later. So lots of me talking to Liana. Doesn't happen any other day of the week. Liana, how are you doing today? Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me back, Puya, especially because it's the finale of the season. Oh my God. It's just over. The season's over. So I'm going to wrap things up. Haha, psych. You have to keep talking about it. But I'm very happy to be here and uh, give my, you know, takes part two on all of these fantastic couples. (laughs) Oh. Oh, fantastic indeed. Can I just say, I want to, before we start even, um, I got a review on iTunes that I wanted to address. I don't typically do this, but I'm a little bit confused by this review. So I would like to publicly speak on it. Uh, So I got a review from someone named Loving Horses who gave us a two star review, which, like I've always said, give me the review you think we deserve to get because that allows me to get feedback and I can improve the show as I go along with that feedback. But this two star review reads, please don't say we need more of Big Ed. I have to fast forward through their part of the show to which I would reply, Loving Horses. I've literally been saying I don't want to talk about Big Ed and I've minimized their content on on this podcast. So I'm not sure when this review is originating from. It it was posted about six days ago, but I don't know where where you got that from. Just wanted to let you know, Loving Horses, we are not on Team Big Ed. (laughs) We have never been on Team Big Ed. We will never be on Team Big Ed. Thank you for your review. All right. Liana, shall we talk about this uh, season finale? Just kidding. More like the halfway point because TLC doesn't like us. Let's talk about episode 11 and let's go over to Elizabeth and Andre. So Elizabeth and Andre, they, they, you know, we have found out that Libby is pregnant and they are expecting another child together. In the midst of all this, Andre's immigration plans have kind of been put in a bit of a purgatory. He is uh, he had an interview. It didn't go well. And now they don't know where they stand. He fully believes that w- someone from Libby's family tipped off immigration about something to like cause the problems. But anyway, they're focusing on the positive here. Okay. 
And they've decided we want to tell our dads together that we're having a baby. We want, we want them to be the first to find out, but we're not just going to invite them over to tell them. No, 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 no. We're going to fly out to the Grand Canyon and then do a big reveal there that we're having a baby. Leon, what are your thoughts on this plan? Well, I mean, obviously it's very grand, no pun intended. I like the fact that they're just completely taking a trip to do this announcement. I mean, it sounds like it was something that was on their bucket list for a while. They wanted to go to the Grand Canyon and it obviously with all the problems with their families, if they could just bring the dads, then, you know, it actually, there's no reason why the, the sisters couldn't be like, oh my God, why didn't you invite us to your party? It's like, well, we were at the Grand Canyon. We took a trip with the dads, So you can't complain about that. Yeah. And I, listen, I, I love a good gesture, you know, more than most maybe. However, I will say this felt like a better idea in theory than it was in execution. Honestly. I think it just, it doesn't make it, <laughs> it seems like two very different things and trying to mesh them together. Like you're trying to do a baby announcement with the Grand Canyon question mark. Like why the Grand Canyon? What, what so, would be a better place to do a baby announcement? She said it's a wonder, Liana. So Well, it, I mean, as someone who's been to the Grand Canyon, it's very breathtaking. I don't know if I would think like, ah, yes, the vast crevasse babies what is a crevasse like a uh well it's, it's a canyon but it's like a very like it's another word but it's like a very steep like kind of narrow i see would you say that there are places for example do you think the grand canyon is more of a place you would propose to someone versus announce that you're pregnant is there a different place for different moments okay so yes and i think this could actually i the B&B game popped into my head of like, what do you announce at what landmark? Like, what do you announce at the um, at Mount Rushmore? What do you announce when you're at the Grand Canyon? What do you announce when you're at that giant crater in Arizona? What do you announce when you're like, I feel like there's a matching game that we can play. And I just, for some reason, Grand Canyon baby doesn't, uh, doesn't go together. I feel like you should be on a lake somewhere. Mm, like some water water is vital to living living yeah. is what we are celebrating we have a we're new living coming i think either that or you go like complete desert like we're in desert valley and and life is still growing despite global warming i don't know that sounds depressing i feel like if i'm in a desert what's going to be announced is all right so we're holding you hostage and we're waiting for your family to let us know if they're going to meet our ransom or not yeah, I suppose so. Okay. And I don't know why, about, but Mount yeah. Rushmore is probably where I would announce that I'm bankrupt. I don't know why. I don't know why that came down, but it's like I think you. <laughs> I think you do that at the Mall of America. No, no, Mall of America. You can't be bankrupt and be there. I feel like. Oh, okay. I I guess so. All right. What about the Statue of Liberty? Mm, is that not where you go to? No, that's the, the. Do you break up at the Empire State Building? Is that a thing? I don't know. What would you do at the Statue of Liberty? Don't, don't you have to take like, okay, this could sound ignorant, but also part of me, I am not American. Uh, do you have to take like a ferry to the Statue of Liberty? Yes. Okay, so then you can't do that and have it be bad news. So it has to be a good thing. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> a promotion. Because Why? Because you're going to be on a boat? I feel like it's it's extra mean to make someone get on a ferry for however long 
and then take mm-hmm. them to a remote area with a big statue and then be like yeah this isn't working out also now we have to take the same ferry back together like you want right. it to be in a land a landlock where you can yeah take a you know say that and leave or they have the opportunity to leave you have to take the same ferry back that seems like the mistake do you break up with someone in vegas i feel like like you on get, the strip i feel like you get married like, on the strip right? oh no 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 you're announcing it right so it would be like you're it's like a you're announcing your divorce you're like your divorce party, perhaps, in mm, Vegas. I mean, that is a good place to do it, right? Because then you can drown the sorrow in either gambling or drinking or both. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, I think this is... Oh, Niagara Falls. Is that a good baby announcement place? It's like... I would... Honestly, yeah. I think Niagara Falls is, is a beautiful place to do it. And... Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be the move. That would be the move. And, and, you know, again, for me, it's also a lot has to do with weather. I feel like Grand Canyon, I've not been that. It looks pretty hot. So I don't think mm-hmm. that's a great idea of, oh, I'm like, I'm, I'm big Chuck. I'm sweating. I'm having a tough time even looking through the camera and I have to read this and then be happy. But I need water. I don't know. Okay, what about the bean in Chicago? That's where you announce that you have a sweet, <laughs> sweet sponsorship with like Fit Tea or whatever. Wait, no. Okay, what were you thinking? You laughed. Well, you I don't. Well, something? because uh, like it's the bean, so it's like you're growing a bean, a human bean, a human bean, or like it's the belly. No, but that's crowded, belly. isn't it? Like that's like in a central place. I feel like that's not what you want. Like I don't think you're announcing your your pregnancy at like Times Square. Oh, like you want it to be more remote. I think so, right? I think most of these, you want it to be in a more remote place. All right. Well, I think we run this idea into the ground, although I am fascinated about it. So if any listeners have suggestions Ooh. on where you should do what, yes. A promposal could happen at the Bean. Why, why specifically a promposal? Because, you know, you know, prom is for, <laughs> for young teens and young teens don't have the means it wasn't meant to rhyme they, they just have the beans no <laughs> relax no because young like teens don't have the means to like travel to like a nice place so they'll go somewhere where they think is like ooh nice and like worthy but then it's like the bean yeah but what if they're not from chicago they'd still have to travel this is specifically to the teens of chicago this is not like oh i see oh i'm from delaware and i'm making the trip to the chicago bean to promposal because then you'd have to take your potential promposal there too and and you don't know if they like you so that's a mistake okay new idea what about the washington monument for your having a baby it's having just pretty erect what to, yeah, you want to take your family to the Washington <laughs> Monument and be like, I'm I'm pregnant. And they're like, what does this insinuate? You're like, you know, it's pretty big. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh-oh. Are you picking up what I'm putting down, mom? No, that's not a Hollywood you... sign. And then you can be like, instead of Hollywood, I got one. You remember how you said we ran this idea to the ground about five minutes ago? You were wrong. We had not, but you definitely took it there now. Oh, I think I'm a genius. I feel like that's more of a, you know, I I do not have erectile dysfunction announcement. <laughs> yeah, that's the like, I don't need Viagra anymore. I'm still kicking. Yeah, more like no pill. No more blue pill. Okay, that's good. Bean 
Uh, All right. Swiftly moving on. I don't know where we were. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> the the whole plan is we are going to go and and announce that we are with child to our dads. Now Andre hasn't done his laundry, so he doesn't have any underwear. Wow. Uh, that's the thing that they added in there. Um, but then we yeah, did I'm, get a yeah, sorry, go ahead. well, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised that they included free ball in. Uh, given the big Ed and Liz scene, but like, uh, oh yeah. lord, free, free lipping, free balling, lots of stuff going on. Liana, what were your thoughts on uh, Libby having the moment where because they were doing, they're about to write the signs up because they're trying to do that before they leave, and she, Andre wanted to write, "We are pregnant," and she said no because she's bothered when men say we are pregnant because men are not pregnant. The woman is pregnant and she is the one doing that. We are expecting that should be the correct term. Yeah. uh, As someone who's never been pregnant, I don't know if I have any grounds to stand on, but like I could imagine if I was pregnant and you were like, yeah, we're pregnant. I would fight you. (laughs) I'd be like, no, I'm the one with the swollen feet. I'm the one who's nauseous. I'm the one who's doing this. So I, I, I think I can get where Lippy's coming from. It does kind of feel like you're taking, you know, some credit. You're like, I mean, yeah. you know, it takes two. This is true. But once the it takes two part is done, it's a lot of it takes one and, and you are there as well. Right. Exactly. That's like, yeah, we cleaned the house. It's like, no, no, no. I cleaned the house kind of thing. Right. Like you can't just say we are. Do, we are. We did this when we didn't do this. Like we had dinner. We didn't make dinner. One of us made dinner. Right. We like could Puya have both made, made dinner. dinner. No, but like Puya made dinner. We had dinner. Right. That, for yeah. example, would yeah, be the way to describe it. So, yeah, I get, I get where she's coming from. Yeah. Well, in the middle of the sign writing, once that expecting versus pregnant part was solved, Andre's chicken scratch that he was putting onto the page, she did not love. But this is a, we're getting to the point now where 11 episodes in, I don't I've said this before I'll say it again I've liked a lot of what I've seen with Andre and Libby but my god Andre needs to reel in that temper because it really felt like you are yelling over over markers on a poster like you're not in the seventh grade this does not matter what are you doing I mean he's done this consistently where he goes from zero to 100 in like a second right faster than the fastest car on the market he is just immediately angry and that to me is like big red flag uh but you know they somehow make it work i mean we also this is that we're talking about the sign making right like when he was like fighting about the sign and they were talking about like oh when you're pregnant you're cranky and it's like yeah like no duh but also it just reminded me of the classic andre line don't uh, terrorize me with your pregnancy i was expecting it i was i was waiting (laughs) for it well i mean i love it because he says that you know when when you're pregnant you're cranky and i'm like well what's your excuse andre Cause you're cranky oh, yeah. a lot. Well, he must Over be nothing. pregnant all the time. Yeah, he's like angry all the time. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, they get on the early flight. They make it to to the Grand Canyon. Nothing goes on there. Where is the Grand Canyon in the U.S.? Which state is it in? Um. Well, I think uh, it's in multiple states. It's in Arizona. Oh. Um. I think that's where the national park is. Maybe it's just in Arizona. Okay. So we'll go. We'll take you one day when we go visit family. Are you're not going to reveal anything there, are you? 
Uh, no, I already decided that the Grand Canyon is not the place to, uh, yeah, it's just in Arizona. It's not the place, but it's like kind of close to the bottom of the Utah border and like sort of near Nevada. But no, obviously I would reveal something different if we went to the Grand Canyon. Oh, what would I reveal? Uh, I would like for, for you not to share that with me. I don't okay. want to know. <laughs> so then they're doing the reveal. But my God, did it look like Chuck didn't understand at first at all. He did not grasp what was going on whatsoever because their whole ruse was, oh, yeah, we're going to do a social media post. That's why we're here with these posters. And then they flipped him out and he couldn't read it properly. Bruh, I couldn't read it properly. And I knew they were pregnant. And I was like, what does that say? Because the way they did the signs was so stupid. Well, like, no. Libby was upset about the way that Andre designed it. Well, because the way they did it was uh, Andre, Libby, and um, Ellie were each holding a piece of the sign that had words on it. But every poster had uh, the top was in English, the bottom was in Moldovan throughout the posters. So, but it didn't because their height differences were there. It wasn't like all next to each other. It was like a little lower and then a little lower. And on, I think Chuck was trying to read each sign separately. So he's reading the English part yeah. followed by immediately after the other part, which is a language he does not know. But he was like, what is that? What is that? What does that mean? <laughs> but also it's like not the best handwriting. So no. like, like I, I get the because the thing is, is like Andre's sign said we are on the top row and then an arrow. But the problem is, is that because they're different heights, like you mentioned, Libby's is lower expecting. And then the baby says a baby. But the Romanian part was like didn't require Ellie's sign. So it's just like the whole thing was so poorly designed. It made me laugh. Chuck, like being like. We are not, we are, we are not what? Like before the commercial break, I, I'm not going to lie. I was laughing. It, it amused me. Yeah. So that's the thing is that the, um, the Romanian part of the poster ended after poster two, because I guess there's less words needed to say the exact same thing in, in the language. So that ended on Libby's sign, but then they still needed Ellie's sign to say a baby. <laughs> And it was yeah. just so confusing. My only thought was, couldn't you have ran to Staples and just gotten this printed in a good font? Like, wouldn't have that been the move? I think or just write it all on like one, you know, like poster, a big scroll. Right? Yeah. Or well, no, like if if Andre's sign had said because you could fit in Romanian, you could fit the whole thing on one sign, then fine. Then you could have um, because then that's his dad. Right. So he's holding a Romanian sign for his dad. And then Libby and Ellie are holding the we are expecting a baby between the two of them on their side. That's better. And then she can like hold them down. Yeah, because the problem is that they were trying to go like three levels, three tiers between Andre, Libby and Ellie. And it just didn't it just didn't work. No, it definitely didn't Terrible work. Terrible idea. But hey, Chuck said they got him really good, which to that I say, Chuck, your your reading got you really good because it feels like you just didn't expect it because you couldn't didn't know what you were reading for like 15 minutes. But then Chuck's next worry is that, you know, he's worried that the family is going to feel slighted because the minute they revealed to the dads, they're like, all right, it's going on social media now. And he's like, well, shouldn't you tell the family first? Like, shouldn't that mm -hmm. be the move? But 
first of all, you're skipping over the cowboy hats. Okay. So I feel like that just needs to be said that everyone's wearing ridiculous cowboy hats. And at least they commented that they did look like tourists. I was like, yes, yes, we do. (laughs) But that was, that was just a hilarious side note amongst the drama. I, I get where Chuck is coming from because I feel like essentially what you're saying is that for this information, you, my family, are equal to the public because they're making the announcement on social media. So essentially, it's saying, hey, all of our fans and people who watch the TV show and the Redditors and the Twitters out there, hey, you can find out at the exact same time as our mother and sisters. So yeah, of course, they're going to feel slighted. At the same time, it's also up to Andre and Libby about whether or not they want to ostracize the family in that way. That's also their decision. But they need to recognize what the consequences are going to be if they choose to do that. They don't have to share with them. That's not an obligation. But they also then have to accept the consequences. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, consequences need to be met here. But I I mean... All I want to know is when is the family therapy session? That's what I want to see. That's all I care about at this point. Give me that now, please. We need it. I'm I'm thirsting for content. Nope. Just terrible design for some signs at yeah. the Grand Canyon. <laughs> In their next time on, it doesn't look like we're moving the needle by that much because they're at a Elizabeth Andre is sitting around a fire fire and they're eating marshmallows and talk mm-hmm. she's bringing up you know, talking about potentially rekindling with her family. And he's like, well, we've got other stuff to worry about. I don't know about this visa. I don't know where we're going to be, blah, blah, blah. So more of that to come. No sign of the family therapy session, which bums me out. But hey, that's what we're going to get. If I had to guess, this is the fallout of, oh, do they tell them? Do they not tell them? TLC milks everything to every single last drop out of that teat. So I think next week's going to be like, do they tell them? Do they not tell them? Then we'll see the, you know, maybe, or the next week's episode will be like, then we actually finally see them tell them. So they got a couple episodes on the storyline. Yeah. All right. So then Liana, shall we move on to the next couple? I guess. Okay. We'll keep this one short and quick because like I said, we're going to keep it short and quick when it comes to big Ed and Liz. Uh, and Michael and Angela. Thankfully, the show also kept it short with Big Ed and Liz. But my God, the one scene they got was scarring. So basically, the long and short of it, Big Ed ordered a massage table and some essential oils because they're trying to get intimate again. And they've been going to therapy. They're trying to mend bridges. So they have this massage table to, to you know, have some massage time. And uh, so first, Liz gets on the table. She gets a massage from Big Ed. She enjoys it quite a bit. Then Big Ed comes out completely naked because of course that's how this should go down. And Big Ed gets a massage on top of he gets his back hair waxed by Liz. Uh, Yeah, I wanted to bleach my eyeballs. Um, (laughs) And the only other thing I have to say about that is that Liz did a terrible job waxing his back, which again I had to see and I wanted to bleach my eyeballs. Ultimately. That is all they showed us, which to me, both screams, we didn't have any content. And then I scream, well, why did you even give us this? We could have been okay without, truthfully, we could have been okay without. Yeah, we didn't need that. (laughs) So disgusting. (laughs) All right. Well, and and again, like I couldn't have even made that shorter if I wanted to. That's all we got from them. 
uh, did we get anything from them in the next time on? No. So whoever my next week's guest is, they're lucky. They don't have to even talk about them. And I'm lucky because I get a break. That's great. We like that. No, no, no. We love that. Perfect. All right. Liana, shall we move over to Jovi and Yara? And can you set up where we were and the opening of their story this episode? Ah, uh, yeah. So, I mean, they, their whole story essentially just continues with the they're in the Czech Republic and they talked about apartment hunting last week or didn't talk about apartment hunting last week, I suppose, if you're uh, Yara to Jovi. And today in this episode, they actually go apartment hunting. So, yay. Right, so Jovi was not happy when, when um, Yara broke the news that, hey, we're going to go look at apartments. Like he said last episode, he was going to be there because he wanted to thwart any plans towards getting this apartment. And we got a little bit more of the story as to why this is happening and why this is bothering him, why this is bothering her and so on. Uh, we find out that Yara's mom is a little bit more influential than maybe previously understood. So Yara's mom not only, you know, proposed would you, would you want to like stay here? Would you want to find a place here? It sounded like that was initially, yeah, I want a place here because then I can visit and also if my family comes from Ukraine, they can stay with me. That was Yara's plan. But then a little bit more in this episode, we see a little bit more dissension here. First of all, Jovi's very rude. <laughs> um, shocking to nobody. Jovi's very rude. He clearly doesn't want this to fall through and also is not shying away about it and is not being playing nice, at least in front of her mom. Very disrespectful in front of her mom. The whole ride towards the apartments. Uh, so I didn't love that. But then also... Uh, he again, he feels betrayed, but at the same time, she this is pushing her, I think, to feel like, no, I need my own thing, I need to be independent, and without this, I'm not independent, right? Okay, so this is all when they're like on the way to the apartment, yes, okay. I'm trying to remember what exactly happened there because we got more information throughout their scenes throughout the episode. I'm trying to remember like what happened when um, the one thing that I do remember that happened uh, was uh, what, what I, I believe I said last week and that I will continue to say this week that if you are going into a marriage and the obligation is or the not the obligation, but the, um, the agreement is, is that you are going to be an equal couple making decisions as a family, then you should make decisions as a family. And I believe Jovi did mention that, that look, uh, we are going apartment hunting. We're doing what you want, despite the fact that you didn't tell me I will go along. Obviously it doesn't that the fact that they should be making decisions together doesn't justify him being a jerk, <laughs> right? Like just you, you shouldn't be a jerk. Okay. Uh, but I can understand where that frustration is coming from because he feels slighted with the whole having to go apartment hunting in the first place without him having any knowledge of the situation. Yeah, I just feel like for me, they're both in the like, you know, looking at it holistically, they're both in the wrong because they're not communicating correctly, right? Because Jovi doesn't understand why Yara would want to get a place here. Again, his argument is. You just got your green card. You need to live there six months out of the year. So it doesn't make sense for you to immediately look for another place, especially when you just got your green card. It's not like you've had the green card for a little bit. You just got it. That's one part. And then on the other side, 
Yara, I don't think, is fully expressing how she feels. And I feel like there's a lot of complex feelings coming from Yara's side. You know, she just got back to Europe after a long time with the lockdown and her move and everything and then the wait for the green card. So to be home now uh, with her mom there, with her daughter there, you know, she's starting to feel like I, I could get used to this. I could get used to feeling close to family, feeling close to something that's familiar. But the way it's coming off is. Yeah, I, I, you know, I talked to my mom. She has some good points. I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to tell you. And then, you know, if you don't accept it, that's kind of weird. Why would you not accept that? Uh, it has nothing to do with you. And I think Joey said, well, it should do with me because we're a family. We should do this together. Now, far be it from me to remind everybody that, hey, Jovi does a lot of things that he doesn't tell Yara about first and just expects Yara to be cool with. So it's very hypocritical that Jovi has these issues about it. But at the same time, these could be solved with basic communication that I think they're not having. Uh, okay, so um, I'm I'm gonna okay. Uh, so I'm not sure. This may have happened later, but there was a quote. I believe this is actually after they go look at places. Um, yeah. So real quick uh, to set that up, the apartment they see is not good. There's, I think it's a combination living room, bedroom. They were talking about potentially a three bedroom where they could have one room to themselves, one room for Myla, one room for her mom. That wasn't the case with this basement apartment. And the basement apartment was going to cost $164,000. They asked about a three bedroom and that would have cost double the amount. So the place they saw was not good. And I don't think any of them liked the place anyway. All right. Yeah. So, okay. So fine. They look at a place. Okay. We're not going to get the place you know, whatever. We don't like it. So what came to light is we got a confessional from Yara's mom. I believe it was a confessional where she says every woman needs to be independent because you never know when you're going to be separated. And then later we learn a little bit about the, um, the divorce. Um, and I, or maybe it was here. I don't, I don't exactly remember when things happened because I don't have that in my notes, but what we, what comes to light is the fact that Yara's mom, her, husband left her and left her with nothing now i don't know if this was yara's dad but what i what i believe i understood is that yara grew up also as a child of divorce so two things i think come as a result of this so one is the fact that yara's mom obviously very burned from that situation and so of course she has trauma that she's going to pass on to her children if she doesn't deal with that so what she what happened to her she was burned by a man so she's going to say hey daughter who i love very much men are horrible and they might leave you so you by that saying that quote every woman needs to be independent because you never know when you're going to be separated like that's a product of the fact that yara's mom went through the divorce so one Yara is hearing all of this from a person who she loves and respects, I assume, based on her behavior. But then additionally, she grew up in a family where a man left them, right? So she's additionally scarred or like she personally is also scarred by being a product of divorce. Like, I'll tell you, my parents got divorced. My mom told me this exact same thing. And both my parents, when I talked about like intermingling finances with my spouses, they were like, don't do that. <laughs> they were like, why would you do that? But that's because they went through a situation where for them it was very messy and they're trying yeah. to offer advice 
for their children moving forward. Mm-hmm. Like my sister and her husband, they keep their finances separate. They split bills. They don't put everything in the same pot and sort of like treat it as shared finances. They keep things separately. And I do think that that's probably because of, I mean, obviously it's their own way that they want to organize their finances, but like potentially part of that came from what they've experienced in terms of seeing other relationships fall apart. So I just think that there is, it's a little bit complicated because when you're saying Puya, like, oh, well, I think that they're just not communicating. Like now that this has come to light, like, yes, of course, I agree with you. They're not communicating. But there's also reasons, I think, why they're not communicating. And I think part of that is like Yara in the back of her mind, like might just be thinking, look, Jovi's going to leave me. He's going to leave me with his strippers and go to the Bahamas. Right. She's thinking that in the back of her mind. And mm-hmm. she can't use that as a reason because obviously she knows telling him that is not necessarily going to be a good thing, right? Until it ends up coming to a front later. So I don't know if that made any sense, but those are my thoughts. No, I th- and I love that you expanded on it further because definitely that's what's happening here. And also, again, Jovi is not, you know, he's not by any stretch of the imagination giving model spouse, right? He is extremely. Again, rude in the car ride. Immediately, you know, anytime Yara says anything, discounting it, he literally wouldn't let her travel here because he called her. uh, He said that she's uh, not going to be able to think anything but emotionally and would be unable to think logically when it came to Mm -hmm. anything. So he's also coming in with that mentality. And that's very, you know, if my spouse thought of me that way or, you know, treated me like they thought of me that way i would not feel secure either and then you compound that with the fam, like things you see in your own life whether it's through you see your family going through stuff or you see your friends go through stuff like this a divorce or anything like that yeah of course it's going to then shape who you are and how you think about stuff so i think definitely think that's a that feeds into it as well my other interpretation is that i think jovi has I mean, I think he's got at least somewhat of a dangerous job because I think that Yara also seems to be concerned if something were to happen to Jovi, like not that he just leaves. Well, he's on the open he, sea, right? That's where he works. Yeah, he's like an underwatics robotics. Yeah, like some kind of underwater engineer or something. Like robotics engineers. He's like offshore, maybe, or something. I don't know. Maybe it's, I don't know. That was, again, that was just me listening to what Yara was saying and trying to interpret what I thought was going on. But I think. I think obviously they're nervous to share like why exactly they feel that way. They don't want to disappoint each other. Right. So you kind of want to keep this up at the same time. They have their own feelings, desires and trauma. That's all sort of coming up to the surface. And I think that this is just the, um, the means through which they're having to discuss, or I suppose not discuss the situation. And well, yeah, and, and, you know, to bring back what you said about the, their, them having influence through their family, uh, you know, Yara's mom having gone through what she did and that influencing Yara herself, Jovi's mom, they had a, he called his mom and talked to her about what was going on. And, you know, we had already seen her mom allude to and think the minute Yara had said, I don't know how long, you know, how, how long until I come back or whatever, that Jovi's mom has always thought that Yara is going to leave as well. And I feel like once she heard what Jovi had to say, she was like, nope, that, that brings up all the thoughts I had. And then obviously now Jovi has confirmation bias as well. So they both went into this conversation with their mom kind of being in their ear. Yeah, I liked how Jovi was. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I talked to my mom and my mom thinks that your mom is too involved. 
Yeah, I was like, all okay, y'all's moms do you are too not, involved. Yeah, your moms are way too involved here for the love of God. Uh, yeah. Also, you know, you already mentioned this, but just Jovi still going to the strip club often, which we know Yara doesn't like, but he's doing it anyway. So again, this is why I think Jovi is still, you know, despite them having their wrongs in these conversations, Jovi is very much a hypocrite for doing whatever he wants to do, but then thinks Yara should be doing, you know, Yara chose this American life, so that's what she should have. Because then when Yara's talking about divorce and how when her mom got divorced, she lost everything and she wants to protect herself, he's like, well, you're going to be, your your marriage is in America where everything gets split (laughs) 50-50. Like, okay, okay, sure, all right, we can rely on divorce law, fine. I mean, I don't know, I feel like there's also more to it in terms of her wanting to be able to visit and see her family. Right. So oh, I, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think it's a complicated situation. I think that, yeah, I, I think, I think there's a lot sort of coming to the surface and they don't really take the time to really listen and to try to understand where the other person is coming from. Like practice your active listening. Let's just only ask questions, just learn what the person is trying to say so that you can better understand them so that the two of you can come to an agreement that works. For example, what Jovi hasn't thought of, Jovi hates her friends in America. Well, if she's spending more time over in the Czech Republic, she can't hang out with the friends that you don't like. See, that's a win, Jovi, that you didn't think of. Right. Which, (laughs) yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So the next week, it's going to be Jovi, they're going to be hanging out with Jovi's friend that we saw a couple episodes back out for drinks. And they're talking about how when they met, they went like chasing women. I was like, it's on. Okay. So remember, Liana, once upon a time when we first started watching 90 Day and it was fun to look at these messy couples and laugh and be like, don't we have it great? And it was a great show to like reflect on our own relationship. Like, look at how good we are in exchange. I feel like with Jovi and Yara, they were one of the few couples left in this specific season where I was not uncomfy watching their stuff. And now I feel uncomfy watching their stuff. It feels like I'm watching a it like a relationship kind of hit its harder parts. And Mila's also involved in the middle of all this. And I don't love that. Hmm. I'm optimistic. Uh, seeing the way they interact and that they laugh and they joke with each other. And I think it's going to take a little bit of time. Um, You know, obviously they were traveling together and in a long distance relationship and then kind of jumped into this and Jovi is gone a large percentage of the time. So I'm, I'm still cautiously optimistic for them. I just didn't like that Jovi referred to this as, well, I have to put my European vacation on hold to go apartment hunting. I was like, sir, this was never about you. This was never supposed to be a European vacation for you. This was supposed I, to be about yeah. Yaris going to Europe to see her family and, and you know, help them if she can. That's what it yeah. was. So, I'm, again, he yes, he is acting like a baby. Yes, he's being a brat and he needs to shut the hell up. I also understand where that frustration is coming from of feeling out of the loop and feeling like your partner is doing a bunch of things without you. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I think that's a very, yeah, go ahead. Well, neither of them are acting optimally, right? Yes. And that's kind of the, that's exactly, you're encapsulating what I feel, which is neither of them are behaving optimally. 
And but Jovi, I would probably say is bothering me more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's yeah, what I would that's say. Fair. Okay. That's fair. All right. Well, then let's take a quick break. We're going to need it because when we get back, we are going to talk about Michael and Angela. All right. Okay. Let's let's rip the bandaid off here. Uh, Michael and Angela, last we saw them, they were in the hotel. We had the entire saga of you'll take the Instagram down. Yes, they made up that night. They slept together. Then the next day, Michael doubled back and said, I don't want to take it down. And then Angela said, well, you now I feel used. You literally slept with, you know, said you would promise just to sleep with me. That's not okay." And then they met in the hotel. He tried to reconcile. She said she was nothing to do with him. He bumped into Renee, who then, uh, of course, Angela's friend, who then said, you know, let's try and rectify the situation here. And Renee says that now that she's been here and she's seen this initially, she thought that um, it was Michael. All of it was Michael's fault. Now her opinion has changed. She sees that there's a lot of toxicity in this relationship and that they're both at fault is, is how she sees it. And anyway, Angela joins them, yells a bunch. None of the stuff Angela says to me makes any sense because it's a lot of yelling, getting in Michael's face anytime he tries to defend himself or talk. And he can't get a word in edgewise at all. But the one bit of information that we did get here was that when Angela stormed off, she called her friend in the U.S. and asked her friend to snoop Michael's profile on Instagram that she's blocked from to see if there's anything going on. And what she found was she got some screenshots from her friend where Michael got a happy birthday comment on one of his posts. And he replied to that with, thank you, my person. And the phrasing, my person, triggered her deeply because now she's like, well, what's that? Is that like a, no, I'm, I'm your person. So shouldn't this, is this someone else that you're talking to or whatever? And, you know, Michael, in his very Michael way of, you know, trying to explain these things, he, he had one this season already. He's had one before, but it's like, it's slang here in Nigeria. She's like, well, I don't care about any slang. This is not okay or whatever. She says she wants to divorce him. I'm okay if that happens. And she says that, you know, she feels like Michael has tried to change her, which bless you. <laughs> no, he is not. Michael's the last thing he's done is try to change anything. But this is the first time he's tried to not have you change him and you're not okay with it. So Michael also does bring up Billy at one point, which again, the hypocrisy here is very clear. She gets to duet with Billy, but and and like, you know, be, you know, sweet with him where he can't talk to anyone else because she was doing it as a kind of cry for help slash Michael love me notice me is her defense of it but then Michael can't do that in return anyway that's the update with Michael and Angela Liana is there anything that I missed there I mean like okay Michael if you're not going to take it down don't say you're going to take it down but like I get why he's behaving that way because Angela is an abuser like she's a classic abuser rules apply to him they don't apply to her The whole my person stuff, like literally you just Google Nigerian slang, my person. The top article is 25 most important Nigerian pidgin English slangs for the beginners. You be my person is one of those phrases. Like it's right there on the internet. You could just Google it, but no, instead she chooses to continue to abuse and she needs to be taken off the show. And also collectively, if the fandom could like adopt Michael or like he just is the man deserves to go to the United States after being abused the way he did, because she's a horrible, genuinely horrible person. I would love nothing more for him to get there without her 
and just live his best life and just have her be bitter about it. Because at the end of the day, I've thought this from the beginning. I don't think there's any scam indications here. I don't think he's trying to, you know, trick his way to the United States. It no person would deal with someone this much. It is not worth it to deal with someone this much, to be, you know, in an abusive relationship with someone like this for that at all. And I don't think he's in it for that at all. Um, ultimately, in the next time on, Angela has his phone and is looking through his contacts and is now calling a woman on there by the name of, it says Angel, but it's like spelt like Angel, A-N-G-E-L-L-E. Um, and he's, she's calling her and saying, why is your number on my husband's phone? Trust issues here aside, because they're clearly there from Angela's side. Um, this relationship shouldn't be on TV. Okay. Yep. That's the long and short of it. We've talked about it. We can now swiftly move on to Bilal and Shaida. So they actually had probably the, one of the bigger features this episode after Kim and Usman, which are going to be talked about next. But Bilal and Shaida, now where we are with them, you know, we, we had seen the, the Ramadan dinner, the thought, of course, that didn't go that well. But we are in a position now where, yay, Shaida has gotten her work visa. So that's good news. But before we got to see this reveal, uh, we saw that, you know, she she told us that she's been feeling like she's missing something with her life right now while waiting on this visa. So she has started doing her Zoom yoga classes for free for uh, her her friends back home. So she's been doing that. She invites Bilal to do it. Liana. Can you believe that Bilal, after most likely 1000% seeing how people felt about his pranks after his first season. How did you feel about this 40 plus year old man playing a fart prank through an app on his phone in the middle of this yoga class? He's like that. Oh my God. I'm so quirky. <laughs> like I'm not like other girls. I'm, like, I'm just, I, can I, can I pay in buttons? I'm a manic pixie dream girl. Like shut up Bilal. It's like, it's not funny. It's completely unprofessional. It's like Shaida is trying to lead her work. It's her work. If Shaida were to come into your business meeting while he was on the phone and she just played a fart noise. Oh, she would oh, never hear the end of it. She'd if, be sleeping if, outside. If Shaida rigged his seat at work with a whoopee cushion he would be pouty the whole week and he would talk about how you know like that's just unprofessional like uh, work is play is play work is work but here of course it's oh someone made one let one rip i bet it was that one client on the screen that i see what are you doing he doesn't respect her it's so it's she has said she doesn't like pranks and he doesn't care regardless of whether or not you like pranks she's in a work position yeah okay sure it's there she's offering free classes is it because it doesn't cost anything to him that it means nothing but get it together what a jerk well i i love that this has already got you calling him a jerk because i feel like the the jerkiness continues (laughs) and expands even I think it's anything he does. Like, it's going to be so tough yeah. for me to have any, like, non-biased eyes on this because he just oh, gets under my skin. I can see why. I can see why. So we get a little very rare Chiron on the bottom left. Typically on a Happily Ever After season, we don't really get a time lapse like that. We skip to 10 days later. 10 days later, there's good news. Like I said, 
Shaida got her work visa. And Shaida's excited because in the prenup, they put a clause where Bilal had agreed he would help her open her business here in KC. So she's like, now I can get my yoga studio. Let's start looking at places. And Bilal, of course, classic Bilal fashion says, well, listen, there are steps to it. You need to look into marketing first. You need to do that. You need to then, you know, build, you know, get a bank account set up. We can do that for you. You need to start building your credit because credit is extremely important here. There are a few steps before you do that. And then her response was, well, yeah, but I've, I really want to take the first step. And I feel like this is a good first step. So I don't know a lot about the ins and outs of opening a business. Aside from my feelings from Bilal, for Bilal and, and feeling like this is a classic Bilal trying to delay something. Is there truth to what he's saying, Liana? Do you know? Like I've opened my own business before. <laughs> no, but you are American. You may know someone who's done it. Uh, okay. Y- yes. But I don't, I mean, mo- like most of the people that I know that have opened businesses have done something where it's like they're doing stuff at home. Like they're making stuff at home. And then that has sort of turned into a business, not like necessarily offered a service that would re- Wire and some type of of external office. So I think there's a lot of ways, right? That you know, or there's a lot of things that you're going to have to do. Like I totally get what he's saying about how if it's going to end up being in her name, and is she going to take out a loan on the place? Does she want to create an LLC? Like there, there, it is complicated unless you're just taking cash under the table, right? You're not. If you want to make it legit, there are steps that you're going to have to go through. He obviously is an. I almost said the word expert. He obviously knows a lot as someone who has owned his own business. But yes. So yes, I, I will give him a little bit of credit that he probably knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. However, he could at least pretend to be excited and to be like, Oh my gosh, this is such a big move. I'm so excited for you. But like, just so you know, we probably shouldn't get it right away because it's going to be really expensive to rent it out. But I will help you with everything else. Like he can he can provide guidance without being a total like bum butt about the whole thing because he just is such a Debbie Downer. He's like, well, you know, you got to do any the way he talks down to her. It's just so demeaning, which, of course, matches with the whole lack of respect thing. I don't know if he's trying to actively delay here. He should think that, like, look, her making her own yoga studio. That's her spending time doing that. She's not going to have time buying all the baby clothes, which I think he eventually figures out later. It on. got there later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. But yeah. anyway, yeah. I mean, he's not being supportive like he should. Yeah. I guess that's the thing is that I don't think he's wrong in the stuff he's saying, but I also don't think there's any harm in looking up some places and like going to see some some places because then it's, she's like, oh, I really like this place. Instead of you thinking, well, I don't want you to get your ho- hopes up and then your heart set into this. Just let her see a place. Let her let her see a place that she really likes. You're like, oh, I actually really want this place. You're like, okay, that's good. Well, we need to do these couple of things first before you can have this place. Because then that's how you move to do that stuff. But to then be like, no, no, you can't look at the places. It's like, basically, it, this is what it is, right? I don't have to buy a house or a home, but I can browse. I don't have to shop when I go into a store. I can window shop. I can look at stuff that I want and then use that to motivate me to buy uh, to you know raise the funds to buy the product and by you telling me that i can't do it's like you saying no no stay at home do not go to the store do not look at the stuff 
Like, well, how am I going to know what I want to do if I don't see the stuff? I think he doesn't want her to get excited about buying a place and then turns out, oh, she doesn't have a bank account. Oh, she's got no credit. Oh, they won't give her a loan. Oh, she's not going to be able to do any of that stuff. Like, I think he's trying to, this is my generous interpretation of his actions is that I think that he doesn't want to set her up for something very exciting to only have it not work, right? It's like, let's say you apply to college and you apply to the college of your dreams and you get in and your parents like, oh, sorry, we can't afford to send you there. So then it's like, why even let the student apply, right? Like, why even let your kid apply if you know that you can't afford and that you guys don't have the money to send them there and that student aid maybe, like, isn't going to cover it enough, right? Like, so again, I, I, that is my generous interpretation of where he's coming from. I think that what he was trying to say with the marketing stuff also was find what areas are lacking a yoga studio. You're not going to go buy a place next to another yoga studio. Why would you do that? So do some marketing. Then that'll tell you what regions you should be looking in, what parts of the city that you could buy in. And then that sort of helps you narrow down your list. So see, this uh, is why I asked you that question, because you are a very logistics person. You think things through, you, you know, decipher layers. Whereas I'm in my head's in the clouds always. I was like, yeah, let her dream. Let her see a place and be like, oh, I can fantasize being in this in this little venue. I can see the <laughs> studio. And then that might be the motivation to oh, I want that. OK, let me do the ABCD after. But mm -hmm. you are more like, let's make sure ABCD is on lock and then we can look at D. How about that? Let's do right. that first. But everybody else also works differently. Right. So yeah. seeing that space is what you're saying, the inspiration, then OK, then that's you know, then that can can be valid. I think he's just trying to protect her from from the hurt but it comes across i think the way he's doing it regardless comes across that he's not being supportive right because you can caution and provide advice of your expertise without being a, a debbie downer that's all i want to say yeah no that's a good point because then when like you said he does say that he's open to her looking for a studio because it'll help keep her mind off baby stuff he still also says that because uh, he is, um, she's going to be seeing the place with Mimi and Stacy, two people that Bilal works with because Bilal has stuff to do. And he does say to end that confessional that, yeah, let's just, no deed gets signed today. So essentially saying you can look, but you can't buy. But he wants to start opening that, that, you know, conversation at the very least. But anyway, so then Shahid is taken to a venue to, to check out a, a property to check out. With Mimi and Stacy, who then, you know, they, it's a bigger place. And Shaida's like, you know, this would have been perfect if it was just from here to here and not that extra space. But like, that's true. But then also, you know, you could, uh, if you got this place, you could turn that extra space into like a daycare where, uh, you know, people can come and, and have their babies be here and go to the class. And then when you have babies, you can do that. Oh, by the way, speaking, now that we're talking about babies all of a sudden, what's what's going on with the, with babies with you? Where are you? Have you had the conversation? I was like, Mimi and Stacy, are you that close that you can ask this? I don't know. I think they're hired actors. <laughs> I don't believe they actually work in Bilal's office. <laughs> you don't think that they're Bilal co-workers? Yeah, TLC hired them. They're the hired uh, co-workers to help this uh, situation along and get some more plot points out of the scene. <laughs> I think that's what it was about. Okay, I see. Yeah. Okay, so the one other thing about the the Bilal motivate, like I I'm happy that Bilal is now somewhat supportive of the yoga thing, I guess. But the motivation is just totally screwed up because you can't support your wife in one way. So you're going to distract her with something else. That's, that's, that's how, like what? 
that's so screwed up. You should support the person because you love them and you want to help them. Of course, if you have something that like you guys disagree on, that needs to be part of the conversation, but that was never part of the conversation. And is part of the prenup. Like both of these things are in the prenup, which by the way, Shaida, good job, girl, on getting those in there and fighting for your rights because you deserve it and you deserve what you want. And it shouldn't be all about blah, 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 blah. Exactly. Blah, blah, um, blah, blah, blah. It sounds like <laughs> blah, 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 which is what Bilal is saying. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> A bunch of blah, blah, blah. All right. Uh, in the next time on, did they have something in the next time on? Let me quickly look at my notes. I don't think, I think they were the ones that had the buy. No, 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 no. They're in New York, right? So they're in New oh, York yeah. and they're going to be meeting one of Shaida's friends and Bilal's going to be rude to her. So that's going to be great. Uh, excited about that conversation to see where that's going. So we'll see more about that next week. And that leaves us with one couple remaining, Liana. And that, of course, is the saga of Usman and Kimbali. So mm-hmm. we're going to go on a, you know, back to in a roundabout. Round and round we go with them. Same old, same old for the last like month, it feels like. But essentially, Kim is still upset that Usman didn't fight back on her being the first wife. She feels like he kind of accepted his mom saying that, you know, you should meet with this other woman that we have selected for you to meet. And then go with her and then you know kim can be like your second wife or whatever so and i say that because i feel like that's how kim hears it right second wife is like a whatever anyway so ultimately it sounds like usman believes that his mom is convinced that kim is loves him and that's an authentic relationship but wants him to have the younger wife first so that he can have a child etc and she feels very insecure about the two of them meeting kim does kim does not want this at all kim is upset that he didn't fight back kim is upset that he isn't fighting back still so she has decided that she needs to do something big that he can't forget to prove her love to him she wants to make a grand gesture so that before he meets this other woman he knows that you know kim loves you more than anyone in the world and that liana you know it's not in front of the grand canyon but she's going to propose to him right okay yeah where should she have proposed what would be the let's see i wonder what uh i'm not as familiar with all of the sites near them let's see faint what uh, famous sites in anyway whatever okay so while i try to figure this out I literally looked at my notes from last week and I was like, oh, wow, more first wife, second wife talk. Okay, fine, whatever. You both should just separate. It's all for the best. So obviously not proposing then. Probably not the best move, especially because I think Kim was like, yeah, I want to make sure that I have the blessing before I propose. Did not get the blessing. Went ahead and proposed anyway. Are we surprised? No, because she's an idiot. Yeah, so... She fully decides to do a proposal. It's basically an anchor proposal is what it is to me. It's uh, I'm putting myself out there. So if you still don't do me right now, like, you know, you you're you've messed up. You know what I mean? That's how it felt to me. It was very awkward to see this all set up. I did see a tweet from the 90 day fiance Twitter account, Liana. And here's what the tweet reads. Okay. The engagement ring that Kim bought for Usman is engraved with hashtag I won on the inside because that's been Kim's slogan since she and Usman started dating. 
Wait, Kim's slogan? Her slogan is hashtag I won? Apparently. But what did she win? Usman, because she thinks Usman is a king amongst, a god amongst men. That's what she won, Liana. That's the prize. Usman is the prize. He's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, okay. Well, that's debatable. Uh, Look, I, okay, so... I don't I don't even know where to begin with this. Um, oh, also, there's an article on travelstart.com. Five best places to propose in Lagos. I don't think don't think they're there right now. I think aren't they visiting his family's hometown or whatever? Yes. Anyway. So, OK, first thought. Do you think she brought those decorations with her, like the candles and the flower petals? Or do you think she bought them at whatever the Nigerian party city is? Um, no, I have to imagine. I have to imagine that she um brought these with her. I don't think she's leaving this up to chance. And ooh, hopefully I find a decoration that I want. This seemed very much calculated to me. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, we knew she was planning on it, right? We had the conversation of or like before she left about if she was gonna propose or not. I just mm-hmm. I didn't know. It just it made me laugh because she went all out, sort of, but it also kind of looked like it was a very Kim proposal. That's that's what I'll say. Uh, and this was a bad decision. Uh, tell us more. What more do I need to explain? <laughs> I would like that? to hear it. Uh, OK, so. OK, the whole situation, let's make the assumption that Usman does want to be with her. OK. Let's just assume for one second that he's genuinely interested and he genuinely wants to marry her for for genuine reasons. Okay, so he's trying to essentially negotiate how to let Kim be first wife, which means he has to, for the mother, go meet the other woman, show that all's good and then try to convince her. Let's let Kim be first wife. Then we get engaged. Then we get married and then we move forward. Right. That's like everything that's above board. So then she should still wait. Okay. Right. She should still wait until they get the blessing and we're, everything's above board. We're all good. We move on. Okay. That's making the assumption that like Usman is in it. They're all good. If there's anything just a little bit disingenuous about the situation, then obviously proposing is a bad idea. And Usman's reaction, I wrote down the exact quote he says when she proposes. That should be the biggest red flag on the face of the earth. Like that is semaphore in your face. That is someone trying SOS rescue me. The biggest flag that anyone could 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 show. The quote was, "If marrying you is what would make you happy, then I'll do it." Woof! If you said that to me, <laughs> I would be like, "I'm sorry. What did you say?" <laughs> that is not the response of someone who wants to marry you. I mean, it is because he, he wants to marry her to make her happy. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, yes, technically he said yes. Technically he said yes, but anyone who can read between any sort of lines would recognize what's going on in the situation. And, We'll talk about it later, but Kim has a conversation with her son that outlines everything that all of us are feeling and all of us are thinking. Oh, Jamal was all of us in that phone call. Absolutely. So long story short, 
he says yes um and then it, she says that you know i don't want to be the second wife i need you to work your charm and make me the first wife so he says sure i will try i will do that and then in his confession he says he'll we'll see but if it doesn't work kim will be my second wife and i was like oh that's not what she wants but okay go, go on so he goes to go on the date and then she says don't have fun she says i hope she's ugly again all the insecurities coming out for that one and then when she calls jamal to update him on everything that's going on jamal's face liana when he she says i propose and he said yeah he looked miserable he looked absolutely devastated and i absolutely love the pointer he brings out which is you know you told me that he doesn't want to deceive or lie to his mom and like you know do stuff behind her back but then he did that by agreeing to your proposal so what does that say about him yeah exactly like that's the thing is that okay let me restart First of all, I've always been a fan of Jamal from the beginning. I felt like he was very level-headed. We love Jamal. Jamal's got it together. Jamal's also very handsome, which helps. You don't have to be a genius to, to see the problem here, right? He, he's just all of us, <laughs> okay? And again, seems like a very smart guy, very well put together, like got his, got his S on lock. But like, no duh. Everybody else without rose colored glasses on is able to see the disaster of what this relationship is. And the fact that Jamal was able to point out the whole logic of, as you mentioned, the fact that he's willing to disobey his mom, but saying he would never do that. What does that tell you? Right. That's, again, a huge red flag. No, a massive red flag. But again, if we just boil all this down to one exchange. She is saying, if I'm the second wife, I'm out. He is saying, I will try to make her first wife. If I can't, she'll be second wife and it'll be fine. So it's not going to be fine. We know it's not going to be fine. The proposal, like when you propose to someone and then you still feel insecure about the love being there, that is another big red flag of, well, clearly you are not that confident to have proposed. An anchor mm-hmm. proposal is never the answer. So yeah. <laughs> again, like I said at the beginning, round and round we go with them. Because I feel like that's all the story is going to be all the way until probably they inevitably do not work out. Um, in the next time on, we do see Usman meeting the woman. And he says that, you know, I was going to storm out, but, but you, you're so pretty and you're so nice. I must get your phone number. So he takes her phone number. That's only going to make things worse here, isn't it? So get ready for a bumpy ride for Kim and Usman coming up next. Oh my gosh. I love the idea of an anchor proposal. I've always told her of an anchor baby, but never an anchor proposal. I think that's something that we should uh, think about more often. Well, it's like, it's like, you know, you know, there, you know, there's definitely different phrases out there. You know, um, there is anchor when you do this kind of thing or um, love bombing, which we've talked about before. And this is an instance of that, right? Where essentially by doing this, you're trying to convince him to, you know, do what you want him to do and and not do something that potentially his family would want him to do or he would want to do. So I don't see this going anywhere else. I see that I see us just again, just continuing the story until it's over. Episode 18, it's still going to be my second wife. Oh, I, I'm out. I want first wife and him saying, you know how amazing I am? Do you understand how much I'm sacrificing? Because I'm this big musician who can have anybody. I have all these women messaging me on Instagram and I'm with you. You should be thanking me. I am Soja Boy. Have you heard my songs? 
they are amazing. They're so good. And her saying, I, I love you so much and, and I want you to marry me. And then him saying, I love you too. I agree. I accept. But also my mom needs to approve. Oh, my mom maybe approves. I don't, that's seven episodes from now. That's what's going to happen. I'm just calling my shot now. I don't think we're going to progress or move the needle any further after this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm just Jamal face in my hands. Face palm. Yeah. Yeah. Face palming at all of the ridiculousness. Yeah. You know, the, you know, back in the day, a nine gag meme of a desk flip would have been what I'd be thinking. And right now that's all I want to do is flip this desk because exactly 90 day got me wanting to flip a desk. The next time on for the couple that weren't here this week, Jenny and Sumit shows us Jenny's daughter is visiting Sumit and Jenny in India. So I'm very excited for Jenny's daughter to set him straight. That'll be fun. But mm-hmm. Liana, as far as you and I talking about this episode goes, we are at the end here. Thank you so much for going through this with me two weeks in a row. I appreciate you. I promise you do not have to come on next week. <laughs> um, you, you have done more than enough to, for us here. And we do appreciate you. Where can people find you? What else do you have going on? Yeah, please release me. Set me free. <laughs> no, this is always this is always a lot of fun. It's 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 interesting to talk about other couples' problems with your own partner, right? Um, so I I think I think it's always quite fun. The only thing that I will leave you with, uh, and this is for the other ninety day fans out there who are familiar with Cole and Karini. Uh, I don't know if you've been keeping up with their whole saga. It's absolutely wild. The latest update is that Paul is doing OnlyFans videos with Karini's brother-in-law. So what? I know. <laughs> I know. Anyway, the whole story is a mess, and I just wanted to say that because it's hilarious. So you can find me on Twitter at Liana R H A P, podcasting about mess singers, Survivor B and B, all that fun stuff. So check me out there. You really just dropped a bomb and walked away from it. Like, I'm not going to have follow ups, <laughs> but um, <laughs> thank you for that little tidbit. I will be uh, searching up the news to see what's been going on with them, because my God, um, y'all can find me on Twitter at Puyaism. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. I stream there three, four times a week. Come through, say hi. Always appreciate it. And of course, if you would like to leave a rating or review for this podcast, you can do so over on Rob's website dot com slash 90 day fiance. That's the number nine, number zero. Day fiance let me know what you think about the show let me get the reviews that allows us to be found by more people and also gives me the feedback that i need so thank you so much for that but for now we have arrived at our destination here on the hms express i'll be back next week to talk about episode 12 of happily ever after but until then take care have a good one bye